in Podcast Detroit, recording live. Prepare yourself for a hoppy drive. If you're chilling at home, pop that crowler and just kick back for the next two hours. It's the end of the week, so here's to the weekend. It's Better on Draft with Rob, Matt, Nick, and Ken. And we are back, episode 198, Better on Draft podcast. Uh, This is our third interview of the day, going strong. And uh, we've got more beer here. We still are at Eastern Market Brewing. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, one of our sponsors. That's the Tuna Liquor over in Rochester Hills, just south of uh, M59 on Rochester Road. Go say hi to Jack. Jack's coming to the fest tonight, uh, and we're going to see him here at Eastern Market after. Wow. Okay. So it's going to be a, a great time. But we do have a, uh, another guest uh, in this makeshift studio. Um, <laughs> why don't uh, you introduce yourself? Tell us what you do with the company. Yeah. And I'm- what company? Yeah, I'm Peter Monti with Beards Brewery, and uh, one of the, the co-founders, and uh, do a bit of everything. Used to do a lot of the brewing with my business partner, and now uh, do a lot of uh, market stuff. So, And I'm Emily Hankstebeck, also with Beards Brewery. Um, I do pretty much all of the outside sales and events for the brewery. All right. So are you the only salesperson or Technically yes. But Peter is a great help. He comes down and helps me on the market. So he's my uh physical show and tell for the beard of the company. Makes uh, perfect <laughs> sense. Um how long have you been with the company? And how long has the company been open? Oh well we opened in twenty twelve. Okay. Uh, August of twenty twelve. Uh first uh brewery actually to open in Petoskey and at the time the closest place was um shorts in uh bel air which was a good 50 minute drive and uh sheboygan kind of the other way about another 50 minutes and um then then petoskey brewing opened a little bit after us a couple months so uh yeah you guys have seen a lot of growth in that area because i believe lake charlevoix is pretty close to you yep Uh, yep. burnt marshmallow oh yeah um isn't there a, a a distillery that i'm trying to think of that makes beer too i think it's like beer distillery oh beer to mac not Are Beer to Mac. I know I Beer to Mac. Um, if you guys go to mibeerbop.com, actually, you'll be able to see all the breweries near Beards. Um, yeah. And you can actually do a pretty decent tour. I actually um, did a lot of work up in Petoskey, and every single time I was able to hit two or three, including Mackinac Trail, which was a sneaky, fun brewery to go to. That farmhouse. Um, it is sneaky. Uh, really, really nice. But uh, what I loved about Beards, you had construction going on at this time. Um, and it took me like 10 minutes minutes to find your door because <laughs> there was no easy way to look for it like because i had parked and i walked and it's a big uh, building over there too it, yeah. ain't, it ain't small now and so uh. like i started walking and then there was a blocked like it was the sidewalk was blocked the street was blocked everything was blocked so then i tried to go through the parking lot but then that wasn't where your door was so i had to backtrack all the way back around so by the time i got inside i worked up a thirst that is for sure we love the you passion and devotion <laughs> yes. to uh you know finding us <laughs> yeah it was and that uh, used to be the thing because we were in the back of a building when we launched yeah I so think people you guys spent had, 10 minutes looking for the door with no construction yeah you, you guys <laughs> had just i think transferred over to the larger area um because this would have been a year and a half ago i believe oh yeah or it was sometime last year space june 2017 Oh, mm-hmm. was it that? I drink a lot. <laughs> um, Here in Michigan, we all do. Yeah, well, I, I so well, we kind of built it for two years after we were open too, because yeah. the first year we started working on the patio, and then winter hit. You know, so we opened the inside, started working on the patio, 
then we went to when I didn't get it open that summer. The next summer we opened it, but it was so late we didn't do full service. It was just drinks, and then now this summer finally we opened full service on the patio. Well, uh, let's crack open one of your beers and talk about it real quick before we go into uh, some more questions about the brewery. Um, let's start with Almadillo. And what kind of beer is this? This is our the glasses uh, are right in front of you. More actually. American style IPA. There you go. You got to get that good can crack. Can <laughs> yeah, we hear that? You, yeah. you could you could pour me a smaller pour of uh, the IPA. That's for right. sure. So this one's got a lot of nice notes to it. It uses uh, mosaic and Amarillo hops, mostly mosaic. Um, and a little bit more, like with us, we like like to balance our IPAs with a little bit more of a, a malt. Like you can look at it, it's not like super yellow. It's got like a little bit of caramely to it. Yeah. Um, and so we like to get a little bit more body uh, than maybe maybe some other IPAs, which is all, you know, stylistically what you like drinking. You know, we're not saying there's anything wrong with other styles. It's just kind of our thing. So uh, beards, you would consider like IPAs your go-to style to brew? Mm. Or? I don't know. I would say not really. I mean, we resisted putting IPAs out, actually. I like IPAs, but we felt like everyone was doing it. and uh, But then people asked. I mean, everybody wanted it. So, <laughs> uh, But we do a lot of things, like heartier uh, porters, stouts. I, I kind of like Belgians and those type of things but in yeah, the market I, we i'm not a big ipa guy and this is definitely not my uh not my forte for sure um i'm getting a lot of bitterness a lot of pine um so if, if that's what you're going for you hit it on the nose yeah well <laughs> if you don't like ipas it's definitely an ipa but yeah. it's got a lot of like tropical type fruitiness i think that mosaic yeah. is really I mean, there's a kind of a pininess to it, but I, I always describe it as more tropical, kind of like. I think it's just the the back end for me. Yep. It depends on it's your palate. Getting too, that bitter, bitter taste. Are. Well, there's for definitely sure. bitter in the finish. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's there. It's, it's definitely. I mean, as far as I mean, both really the pininess, but the like the tropical kind of flavors that are coming off at the back end as well. It's like it for me. It's keeping that pininess away because. I always kind of have this joke that's like, I don't want my beer to always taste like up north. I, I don't want to be able to just like sit there and just have nothing but just smelling pine trees. And it, like that, that tropical flavors that, that's at the back end with the pine, it just kind of balances it out. So it's kind of like right. being on a beach, but like Lake Michigan Beach. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the front, I mean, for, I mean, and this is a, this is a standard IPA, right? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it, it, like in the front, it almost feels like it comes off like a double because it's just it's I, so dry it's, it's, hopped. I mean, you yeah, smell it like aggressively. Yeah, stick your nose right in yeah there. there's just like so much in terms of the hops that it. it I, can't, I don't think I can even remember the last time I had an IPA, like standard, no milkshake, no smoothie, <laughs> no milkshake, no, no smoothie, egg, no any. Hazy. Uh, so we do a lot of like balance is a thing for us, and we like to stick to core styles. So I guess that would be something that distinguishes us. Now on tap, we'll have a few things with some fruit in it or this or that, but mm-hmm. our core stuff is like core beers like, like, like what other you, we got the IPA do you have so others we, got that? Yeah, we, we brought you our four flagships so okay. Almadillo is actually our newest guy to the flagship series because um, people kept asking yeah people <laughs> people were asking for a more standard IPA we wanted to give it to them um, and that was actually off the success of our session IPA Oh the Citranity uh, he's kind of our <laughs> champ on the market um, around the corner here we've got our Luna which is a wheat saison and then our OG beer we we put onto the market first is our serendipity porter 
So, oh, are any of those styles more your speed? Uh, def- <laughs> definitely those last two. That okay. uh, that, that wheat saison. Um, we actually having barrel and beam on earlier. I think definitely messed with my uh, palate a little <laughs> bit when I was drinking the the market all day. Sure. Um, we do have some if you guys uh, want to try it while it's uh, oh, out yeah. here too. They make um, some great beer. We'll get they, to that. They do. They definitely. <laughs> it, it was interesting to to chat with them and see because they are. Uh, as we talked with Midland, a different brewery. Yes. And it's it's not a negative way to say that. They are just no. flat different. They're very honest about who they are. Exactly. And that they have a kind of a, a specialty on who they are, who their brand is, and which is the big part of the industry. You want to define who you are as a brewery. And when you have 370-plus open yeah. breweries and mm-hmm. another 70 licenses on the way, uh, yeah. you have to distinguish, distinguish you yourself if you want to make it in the market. And mm-hmm. for them... You know, they're pushing, uh, especially the off months, because they talk, their season is July 4th to Labor Day. That's what they say their yeah. season is up there in Marquette. Yep. Um, after that, they're self distro, which is crazy because they are on the I see other them side everywhere. The yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how are you doing, guys? Well, and, and they, they drive. Yes. That's, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, that's how I do it. They're definitely driving. Are you guys uh, self distro or are you guys through a distributor right now or a little bit of both? No, uh, we work with uh, 11 different distributors across the state. What's your uh, your barrelage for the year? Uh, bu- 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 Last year was about like twelve hundred. We're not a giant brewery, and okay. but we just launched here in October, Southeast Michigan distribution, and okay. that doubled the population we're available to. So we anticipate, uh, you know, being over two thousand barrels next year. Are you guys doing a lot in house still, or uh, concentration more on self or on distro itself? Like how oh, many? I w- yeah, 450, 500 of the barrels are through our tap room. Um, so yeah. th- what's what's crazy is is that this is literally a repeat of Midland in regards to size, scale, and distribution. And with the potential of the new laws coming out, mm-hmm. um, upping the barrelage as well as removing in-house barrels as part of your barrelage, do you guys think you're going to be able to do any self-distro or at least do some self-distro up in Petoskey or uh, the, just leave it to the distributors? Well, there's two things to that. That's a complicated question. <laughs> uh, one is even if the laws change, you can't drop out of your distributor contracts yeah. because the law changed. So we're already – all our territories are locked up with distributors. That being said, we're not in the business of driving beer around. Sometimes we have to tell people that. Uh, but we uh, – so we're happy to work with distributors. Okay. I mean, I think there certainly would have been an early or – since we've been around since 2012 and there was no self-distribution, earlier in the years, that would have been a nice option, right? Because to get started when you're small, it's hard to get attention with distributors. So that – I'm really glad the laws are changing, but I think – with our growth plans of what we want to do and where we want to invest our money is in quality beer making and not trucks and drivers. Yeah, that's always the hard thing with Michigan because you have to do a, a company car to distro your beer or self-distro your beer. Um, a company-owned car, I should say, which a lot of people may not know. Um, I know it's beneficial to a lot of people when they try to do self-distro because for me, at least, thinking of the environment, thinking of what's going on, like if Eastern Market has to go through a distributor to take their beer to the Eastern mm-hmm. Market, beer festival you know that's that's absolutely ridiculous well, <laughs> well that's how we started with distribution is yeah, we, we had one, the before we even opened the tap room it wasn't quite done but we were already licensed to brew and we were brewing uh-huh. and we wanted to go to a festival like a block away in downtown Petoskey and our only option was to sign a distributor 
<laughs> so the first thing we ever sold was like a six barrel to a festival, like right. two weeks before we opened our tap room, a block away. Well, and so that that was a 2012 festival. Yep. What is like? What has changed? You feel in the last seven years of festivals and festival going, um, oh. not from the the fan side, but from the the brewer side. Like, what has changed in your um, method? Like, how do you approach going to a festival? First, we have to decide if it's worth going to. Because now yeah. it used to be yes to everything, but now there's you can't. Like, there's, you there's, physically there's can't festival be there. fever. Yeah, yeah. You know? dur- during the summer, because we host our own festival over at the Jimmy John's um, uh, ballpark over in Utica, Michigan, mm-hmm. and uh, like there was still three other festivals going on that day. Because I have so many uh, sales friends on my Facebook, and I'll see them all posting their jockey boxes and where they are. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. You're in Ludington. Oh, you're in Sheboygan. Oh, you're here. And I'm like, well, it's so hard to compete. Um, you know, there, there can only be so many Brewers Guild uh, size festivals. So you're, you're not saying yes to everything now. But what about, like, how do you choose your beer? How do you guys um, approach it? Well, I mean, just going back really quick to picking the festival, we identify the festivals that kind of are in line with our brand, with the quality and the balance. You know, what's the worth in the market? Is it a new market for us? And we just want to reach those communities further. Um, You know, part of the relationship where it's going to be worth something to come and commit Mm -hmm. to more long term. Um, After that, it's, you know, logistically speaking, uh, the beer list that comes, you know, it's a good balance of you want to remind people our foundations, which are our flagships. Uh, but like you also, about to crack open. I was going to say, are you ready for it? <laughs> yeah. I'll let uh, Peter yeah. open that one for you while I'm chatting. Um, it's balancing the flagships and those strong beers that we continue to stand on. But we also like to tease, you know, something that maybe we only release at our pub. Uh, people who have come to the pub and have had positive experiences, and they're like, where can we get that one beer? And it's like, well, you know what? We're going to bring it to that one festival. Mm-hmm. So it's bringing those people around the state and providing something they might be looking for and trying something out new. I don't know about you guys, but with all the breweries on the market, distributing or not, with all the tap rooms, it's a great place for us to experiment with our beers. Is this going to have traction with consumers? Should we consider canning it? And that goes into a lot of what beer we bring to the festival, for sure. One of the, uh, the big things that I've kind of noticed, and uh, you can ask Rob if you want some water. we got some extra glasses right over here. Yeah. Best to, uh, I'm good right now. Thank you. Case. I'd take one. Okay. There we go. Um, I'm seeing the trend of tap houses going away, um, major tap houses. I'm talking like Hopcat style, 100 plus tap, tap houses. I think a lot of people are starting to go a little bit less in regards to the amount of taps that they have because you can give so much quality to so much beer, but you're, the, the tap house used to be um, a, a one-of-a-kind kind of thing. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Hopcat was a one-of-a-kind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But now so many people did it, I think it burnt out to where people don't want that many choices, and you don't want that beer to die at the, um, the bar. It's interesting you say that. We're actually, we put in a 24 tap system. We started our original pub with seven, and then we at, went to mm-hmm. 10, and then at our new place, we put in 24. And then after a couple of years, I was like, that's too many. Like, no, I think I, consumers I, actually I, like a little bit less. We're, we're trying to balance it now. I, I, think, I think people get overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, what did, you were going to say? Well, I was going to say that, that 24, obviously, that is, that is a lot of variety. And if it was something where it was, like, it was beer, seltzer, mead, you throw all of those together, 
Um, or really, if uh, for me, I guess if it, it was just beer, then then that's fine. It's it's a it is a lot of variety. But when you look at Hopcat and you look at and just driving by Hopcat Detroit and you see that sign, this is 110 taps. Mm-hmm. It's like I I don't need this huge ass placard double-sided with with all of these beers and it, it, it's great but it is it's too much and all of that's not it doesn't to me seem like all of that is going to be pushed out in a fast enough pace that it's going to be drunk and drunk fresh and psychologically <laughs> i've read a little bit of i mean once you get over a certain number of choices consumers tend to just play it safe Go okay, what do you do? You mm-hmm. have like this beer from so and so that I know, right? Because how do I read a hundred beers, right? Right. And I mean, there's going to be the people that want to carry their notebooks and check things off, and they can go hit a lot of stuff there. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, a little bit more, it's you know, our draft lineup. What we're talking about is we want to use our 24 taps, but yeah, maybe narrow the beer category. It'll still be our big category, but then we still mm-hmm. got a wine license, so we're starting to do a little bit of cider. So you can narrow by category, and then in the categories, you have a reasonable amount of choices. Yeah. And so that's kind of the direction we're moving with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. even 24, like, that doesn't – 24 doesn't even phase me. Like, I, I think anything <laughs> over 50, because 24, yeah. what, what I expect I, – I think maybe it's me more personally, because I love the multi-year build beers, mm-hmm. your browns, your ambers, your alts. But when I go to these bars like Hopcat, and there's 100 beers and no browns, yeah. Or sure. and, yeah. no, like you got to make sure the variety's there if you have that. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't. I don't need mm-hmm. fifty IPAs. I need. <laughs> I need something different, something else that I want to drink. Sure. And sure, I I understand as a consumer and as a business person that when you go to market, IPAs are an easy sell. Like a hazy IPA is an easy sell. Did you guys make a hazy IPA? We did mm, not. Did not. Well, not, not for the market. No. We made. Uh, we played with a few on our taps, but. How, how how did they sell in house? Were they did they go off gangbusters or did people just not care for it? I mean, people liked them. I wouldn't say they went gangbusters. I think for us, again, because we've built a, our reputation around making more balanced styles, like I don't think people are looking for that as much from us. But I don't know. What it you was think just. It was. I remember when it went on tap. It was Aaron's one of our assistant yeah. brewers' beers and recipes, um, and it was it was delicious. And I think people enjoyed it for you know that minute of something new, of something a little bit exciting. Yeah, but a lot of regulars. our locals, they were glad to come back and drink one of their favorites, like Almadillo or Serendipity. Do you guys get, like, what, what's the, the population center? Like, do you guys have a trend for the seasons, or um, is it kind of, like, consistent all year round? Because you do have a little bit of tourism mm-hmm. up in Petoskey. A um, lot of it. You've got, <laughs> you've got the, yes. the casinos up there, too, right? Yes. Because yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the, I went, I, I tried to stay at the casino and didn't realize the hotel was not attached to the casino. <laughs> um, mind you, I drove in at, like, 1231, and I had my luggage, and the sure. security guy's just like, this ain't the hotel. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. We, yeah, so we have, like, we do about a third of our sales in the first six months, and then we do the next third in the next two months. Gotcha. Yeah, and then we do the last third and the actual last third of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like definitely, I mean, we, we're we fortunate in Petoskey because we're kind of a little hub area and we have ski hills relatively close. So we do get a winter season. Yeah. But it's just nothing like summer. I mean, in no. summer and summer is like 
July, like, 4th of July, like, leading up to it, like, maybe, like, half a week before, and then, like, through, it used to be through, like, the first week of August or, or like, early August. Now it's stretching more, you know, and we, we hold really good. So people who are listening to this episode, you guys obviously weren't there, but just two interviews ago, Beryl and Beam said the exact same yeah. date, the yep. exact same <laughs> time, and there, there's a huge weather difference between Petoskey and uh, Mark. Yeah. Yes, it's it's not it's not just a little bit different or a little, like they're they've already got snow up in Houghton. Oh yeah, um, well, we're and I should clarify, we don't have snow, and it's a great time to go to Petoskey. It's still safe no, there. Uh, we do have a great fall season. I just mean it's and, and and we get quite a bit of tourism for fall colors. It's just not anything like what summer is. Well, right? you're also on the water right. too, yeah. which is a yes. nice a nice benefit. Well, our water moderates our fall. Because yeah, it's, it's a nice. big heat sink, right? So in the fall, all that heat in the water, at cool nights, it's still keeping it a little warmer. Interesting. Yeah. We're yeah. tucked in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was a thing, but I just learned something new today about that. <laughs> for sure. Um, so how long have you been with Beards? Uh, I always like to tell people I have been drinking there since they <laughs> opened. Okay. Um, I was officially offered a job by the other uh, co-founder and owner. Did they ben. say you're here enough that we'll just it start It kind of led up to that, yeah. She was <laughs> drinking responsibly. I was. I thought maybe Thank she'd you. make a good employee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Enjoys um, it, but doesn't cause any problems. <laughs> it's, it's all very true. Um, I actually, uh, I grew up here in Royal Oak, so right outside the metro area here. Um, and up north was always the place I wanted to go. So once I started seeing them around at Beards, and it just kind of developed organically, I moved up north, have always wanted to, in 2015. So I've been working with them for, you know, it'll be five years this spring. Our harbinger of beer. That's oh. our title. That's I do love title. these these, uh, these these just look kind of like this grassroots. I start like like when we just had Midland on, where you know the the marketing director started as a busboy, yeah, and you you just started as just drinking there, just all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, you want to work? <laughs> it all starts with the community that you create, you know, with the brewery and the beer. So mm-hmm. I fell in love with the Petoskey community. Ben didn't scare me away, mm-hmm. and uh, that's my business part. Yeah. <laughs> now before. <laughs> Beards. Oh. Uh, he tried really hard to be quiet. <laughs> it's hard. We appreciate hard. it. Um, <laughs> work's got to get done. Before, oh, exactly. Yeah, we're we're here live at Eastern Market Brewing. They are <laughs> nice enough to uh, have let us um, into the uh, you know into the brewery for yeah. free. And they give us uh, pictures early. of beer. That, that's oh, I bought the picture. Yeah. Oh, oh good. No, never mind. I mean, I, I don't. Miss ex- Manners I don't, says I don't expect free beer. Um, I also I brought them because they opened early and they were you know they were probably still going to be here cleaning and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's the Market Day IPA by the way that you're sniffing. And, yeah, uh, I just saw the picture from them and I wanted to try it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Dane got a nice uh, glass of whiskey from me on Wednesday night when I saw him, and then the guy who opened up today got a 2017 Black Note nice. for uh, um, you know just being available so we appreciate nice that exactly yes. yeah yes yeah, st- i'm not gonna drink it at home so i might as well give it to someone who will actually care for it mm. this um, industry never comes empty-handed i so. i no. well i just showed up um, i don't know if you're uh, a fan of the flying buffalo from griffin claw um Ooh. i just found the entire eight pack set from uh oh, last year so. oh, oh it's been sitting nice. pretty for a little bit yeah because this year's is coming out soon. this yes. year's so. is coming out on november 2nd we're actually going to be doing a show live november 1st oh. at griffin claw that's exciting uh, so we're going to have kyle vandeventer on as well as uh the brewers and we're going to try to see if we can sneak ian on the uh former cider maker over at uh um sellerman's oh cool who is now working for 
the uh, um, Griffin Claw. But uh, before beards, were you brewing anywhere? Were you home brewing? Were you? Uh, so I I did home brewing and uh, kind of how I got well I got into beer first and foremost, and this was before craft beer exploded. Um, so like Sierra Nevada, you know, I was like the pale ale. I was like, oh man, this is good stuff. (laughs) I did a little, uh, trip with a couple of cousins of mine to Belgium and that kind of like really sparked my imagination. I was into like making, um, like fancy desserts and like the flavors and how things are made. And Mm -hmm. I was into like coffee a lot, even like in high school. So, uh, when I did that trip to Belgium, I was like, oh, boy, this is like, there's a lot of go- going on here yeah. in beer. So uh, then I went to school out west, uh, a college called Westmont in Santa Barbara, and there was a small brewery uh, called Telegraph. Um, and they did some really unique stuff, and they had, like, cultured uh, a yeast they caught off the west coast, like off the ocean, like a wild yeast. And they made some awesome sours, and they made some other cool stuff. But they had, like, a tap room, which was, like... A couple taps in the brew house, like it was a garage door type brewery, it opened up and they would like the brewers at the end of the shift on Thursday, Friday, I think it was, were the only open hours, they'd pour beers from like four to seven. So I would like go have a beer and like talk to them and like see them finishing up their shift and uh, so I started home brewing because I got interested in that and then from there... I was like, this is cool. And when I graduated, my business partner, Ben, flew out. He wasn't my business partner at the time. We we had gone to community college before that together. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I was like, do you want to fly out? We'll road trip the U.S. back with my car and, like, just have a good time. And he, we were driving and chatting. I was like, you know, we should open a brewery in Petoskey because there is nothing, like, anywhere near us. And like I mentioned right. at the beginning, I mean, it was a 50-minute drive. And it's crazy to think in 2012 when we opened, we were 112th, I think, I think license so. in the state. Yeah. And there's over 400 yeah. now. So yeah, like we're, yeah, we're, blown we're, up. we're seven years old and we're a veteran yeah. in the industry. <laughs> now, now, I've, I've homebrewed a couple times myself, and I will... Uh, easily say that I'm not very good at it, okay. um, but you know I've I've definitely made my attempts, and it's kind of funny that I, I still actually have this uh, this extremely poor attempt at making an Oreo stout to still staring at me, uh-huh. and it just I just keep looking at that. I'm like, yep, that's my failure. It's just what still got to sit there. But um, uh, when you started homebrewing, what was what was the first? Do you remember what the first style was that you made? Okay, so the very first thing I did was a Mister Beer kit. To Same. be honest, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> got that for Christmas. My that cousin had a Mister Beer kit out in California. I have some family out there too. So when I was at school, he's like, "I got this thing. Like, you're into beer. Should we try making it?" I was like, "Sure." And and then I had picked up hops at like a uh, like medicinal store that had like hops for like you know helping you sleep or something. And I was like, maybe we should throw some fresh hops in here too. Uh, that definitely turned out vinegary mm-hmm. and questionable <laughs> at best. Uh, but very because I had like this baking and cooking background, like very early on, I was like, okay, how do you really make this stuff? And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, all grain. I'm like, I got to make it from grain. Uh, that's not to, to say you can't make good from malt extract, but I like going back to like how's it made from scratch, right? Yeah. And so I was like all about that and. I'm trying to remember the first thing I made all grain. It's hard to say. That was a lot of beers ago. That was a lot of beers ago. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is one one thing that, that I am 
maybe at some point looking to try myself because I've always done extract and I've seen the videos and the instructions about, you know, doing all grain. And for the most part, other than getting, obviously needing to get the equipment, it doesn't really seem all that hard. It's just. But it gives you a different appreciation for how, I mean, you can put any kind of flavor profile together you want when you're starting with the grain, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can really, uh, I just, I think it gives you a different appreciation for where it comes from. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a subtle reminder to me that um, you don't put the Oreos in after the boil. <laughs> after. <Aww>. After. <laughs> well, a science issue there. Let's crack open another beer. Um, let's let's finish with the session. So let's do the, uh, yeah, the, the wheat saison. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a beer style that you love to make, but it's just not a really good market beer? <laughs> uh, so we, for years, had this beer, and this was something we brewed the original recipe in our basically home brewing days it wasn't the first thing we brewed but we called new school which was a rye amber and it's dear to all our hearts and we tried uh, to sell it for years and we just it moves too slow was it didn't uh founders used to make one the the reds rye or yeah that's a a bigger beer it was definitely more of a red ale okay than an amber i um i just i just remember it because i remember one of our guests i believe it was uh kristen resnick from drafting table uh mentioned because they just stopped bottling it and they were kegging it only yep that was a huge deal that they weren't there was qc issues with that keeping it with the rye, keeping it fresh in, in mm-hmm. cans and or bottles over a long period of Interesting. time is what I heard. And so that's why it switched to draft only. But, yeah, that was a beer that I always loved. Yes, same. I was, I was kind of curious because, obviously, if you're going to keep it draft only, it's selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not, not making it anymore. Um, yep, pour it right in there. Um, so, yeah, okay. I uh, – uh, Rob, Rob, can you yeah. drink some in a minute? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on <laughs> Now, uh, talk to me about this beer, uh, a wheat saison. Yeah, so we did start with just a wheat in our homebrew days, and then this kind of developed out of the fact that we wanted to play with it, make it a little different. Uh, a lot of saison has wheat in it, but this is like almost 50% wheat, so that's why we call it a wheat saison. It's a, a pretty high amount of wheat. The way it blends with the saison yeast to me is you know, it really cokes out a little bit more of a citrusiness. I get a lot of like clove. Uh, more things that I don't typically see, which I attribute to how it ferments with the wheat versus a higher barley base. Um, but that's kind of what I say. It's pretty easy drinking, um, usually six to six and a half percent. I was going to say, what is this, the ABV clock in it? Because I, yeah. I, when I don't taste alcohol, I get scared. Mm-hmm. It has some oomph, but it's uh, not going to knock you flat. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I'm not getting too much oomph. I'm getting a, a nice zipper, yes. uh, which most Saisons yeah. are. I remember mm-hmm. I had, the first time I had DuPont, Saison um, uh, DuPont, and just, I remember getting a bomber, getting all excited, and then I'm sure. like, how am I going to finish this beer? Because I can't drink it like a... Down the hatch? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, it's not that I didn't do it. No, I definitely yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, these types of beers are... I'm, they're, they've grown on me to the point where they're my one-and-done type beers. Sure. Like, if I want to go to a bar, I want one beer, um, and that's it. Like, what are your guys' go-to non-beards beer? Like you go to a bar, like other yeah, you brands. Go, you go to a bar and it's on draft, or you you're at home and it's in your fridge. Um, I have to say, like I kind of grew up. Um, my family always had a timeshare at Shanty Creek up in Bel Air, so I grew up a little bit at Shorts, 
but I gotta say I'm super excited whenever I see Black Rocks on draft. Okay. Just mm-hmm. because going to the UP, always one of my favorite things to do. Uh, the fact that we have such a connection with Black Rocks and those guys up there, um, and they're doing amazing. So, and I love their beer. Every time I go to their tap room, I love it. Uh, yeah, so obviously we get along well together. Uh, <laughs> Shorts was kind of the inspiration for me in that it was the localist craft beer, right? So, and, and I think they make quality stuff. They're different than us in that they do all this wild stuff, too, which isn't so much our thing, but they've been very supportive. And, and like, early on, like, it was like meeting a celebrity, like, getting to know a few <laughs> of the people at Shorts, right? Like, when I was, like, brewery and planning stages. Um, and then... Uh, we also went to Black Rocks, who had opened a, a year or two before, and my business yeah. partner was finishing uh, you know, his degree up at Northern. So I would go up, and we'd check out Black Rocks, and that's where we got caught the vision for doing it on a small scale, right, like a really small scale. Yeah. And we talked with those guys a little, and they're like, you can do it, you know, and here's what we did a little bit. And that gave us good, good insight. So I like both of those, but beyond that, like... I do really like Belgians and things, and, and triples are one of my favorite styles, so I definitely look for those as a go-to. You know, I just had for the... Uh, mind you, this beer had... Uh, um, <laughs> came... Um, th- th- it came when they came into the studio a while ago. Uh, Motor City Brewing Works. I just had their triple for the first time in probably two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some age on it for sure, um, but I, it had everything I wanted in it. It had that banana flavor. It had yep. a little bit of cl- – oh, my gosh. Like, Final Absolution was my go-to for a while. I've definitely had a lot of nights I don't remember because of Final Absolution. <laughs> um, but what I love about those the Belgian triples is that you do taste the alcohol. You know you're getting – you know what you're getting when you're drinking. Yeah, sure. Now, um, that variation that they do is – is something special as well because not only just the Belgian triple but the strawberry rhubarb Belgian triple that they do which um, it, it disappoints me every time that I go in there and it's not on because it is it is an absolutely amazing Belgian triple so I uh, this beer we actually use this yeast which is actually why yeast French Cezanne yeast uh, we use it in in our triple as well yeah and I like this uh, Luna because it's it's different than our triple, but you get some of those notes that you might find in a triple. That's and it's not eleven, twelve percent, right? So you can have right. a couple glasses. Um, but they're definitely the style. Once you get the alcohol up, that becomes a, a you know part of the texture and flavor. Um, and and when you're fermenting simple sugars, which are in a lot of triples, uh, that kind of affects how this yeast plays as well so mm-hmm. um we've done a, a triple quite a bit called holy diver um <laughs> God, that was, but we've never that it's in it. my head <laughs> thank you i don't want to give an earworm to every person listening but i have had a song from 98 stuck in my head um a uh, female artist that was like a one-hit wonder named mandy <laughs> she just came out with a new one. Did she really? <laughs> yes. I haven't heard it yet. But you know more about Mandy more one. than I do. Oh, I, I got to root for the ladies. So I mean, that's that's, that's completely fair. Um, you want to finish up with the yeah. last one? Oh, well, I, I got I to gotta still sip on this a little bit more. So okay. you can, I mean, you can crack it and we can drink it in a minute or two. Um, <laughs> made me lose my thought. You gave me beer. What do you guys bring into the fest? Ooh, we've got a really exciting list. I mean, we we always work pretty hard to have a good variety there, but you know, every once in a while we get a list and we go, "Ooh, nicely done." 
Um, let's see, in terms of our flagships, we'll have Luna there. Uh, we have our seasonal D's Nuts. That's our brown ale. Uh, we're kind of excited. We're premiering a new seasonal for winter. It's called uh, The Dog Man. It's a scotch ale. We're pretty pumped to be releasing that one. And that's going to be at the fest, although it won't hit the market till later November. Yes. Yeah, this is kind of a sneak peek. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely. I, I love Scotch ales. Um, I now that you mentioned the name of the beer, I have had that brown at the brewery when I went there because that is my go-to. Yeah. No one forgets their first D's nuts experience. I I tell you <laughs> what, uh, I did not. Um, <laughs> uh, browns are always my go-to. Like so, sure. when I, whenever I go to a brewery, especially when I was drinking a lot more beer. My, my goal was a flight and a pint of the brown. Um, and nice. I also started learning because everyone was kind of making the English browns. Sure. Um, so, you know, almost like a Newcastle style of mm-hmm. beer. Um, and then everyone started making the American style. So a little bit more hoppier, mm-hmm. a little bit more bitter. And now, like, I have to read the labels because I just can't <laughs> stand American sure. style browns. Yep. Um, but what I love about browns is usually the accents that people add to it coffee coconut chocolate vanilla like all these little adjuncts that they add on um i'm assuming there's some type of nut in the there isn't it's just we'd like to avoid all allergies okay so it comes from the the malt that we use yeah we like to use the malt to the highest and best use it's a strong finding a blend that we can coax whatever we want without having to add is like going to be our our base goal right yeah back to that balance and Cleaning, I'm sure, is a pain in the ass because you have to yeah. do so much extra cleaning. We uh, we did a peanut butter, um, <laughs> uh, it was a peanut butter lager over at at Water in the Park. Okay. For opening day a couple of years ago, um, that was a ruin because it <laughs> rained out that day. Oh no! So we had I had the day off, and of course, you know they they stagger it like Thursday and then Friday for the redo of Thursday because they sure. do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, three games those three day or mm-hmm. four days, and I'm like I gotta take another day off. It's a better on draft night, so I can't drink all day because I'm gonna be drinking all night. Um, so yeah, it definitely like the the release. It, it, I mean, peanut butter lagers were not my style, but a lot of people liked it because it kind of gave you that um, uh, almost like a roasted peanut taste. Sure, um, goes but, well with baseball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Peanuts and uh, cracker jacks. Um, what I learned, you were, you were talking about allergies. Uh, Brooks just started doing um, their uh, peanut buddy porter uh, with almonds and started doing an almond buddy porter for those who have not a full nut allergy but just a peanut allergy. Sure. Um, they could have the almond butter uh, yeah. porter. So everyone's excited to go over there because they just opened up the new brewery in Ferndale. Now, you left Royal that. Oak in twenty. 20- 15. Uh, 15. Yep. In four years, this place has changed, including Ferndale. I hardly recognize it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little bit different. What was your go-to place? Because a lot of people listen. We're, our studio is in Royal Oak. Oh, of what, course. What was your go-to place in Royal Oak, like your bar? So when I should preface this, when I came back from college, which was 2011, and I just went to the west side, you know, for Grand Valley, and I came back home, uh, you know figure things out, blah, blah, blah. And at that point, Royal Oak had changed so much. I was like, look at all these places I can go that aren't Mr. B's. Great. Um, I always have a soft spot for Ye Old Saloon, just because it's one of the OGs. Um, but my favorite place, as I was kind of getting into the craft beer hobby back then, I was just a little beer drinking baby, um, was Ale Mary's. And big shout out to their now beer buyer, uh, Pam. She 
saw me every time I was in there, which was not that frequent, but it was frequent enough that she always remembered me and got me the skinny on the newest beers. I feel like the the added caveat means you may not be telling the truth. (laughs) I mean, some weeks, but (laughs) I was just really excited about craft beer and the industry. It was a really fun hobby, and it was cool that it kind of started here where I was raised and I got to take it up north. Up in Petoskey, do you guys have a, a poorhouse like an Ale Mary's or an 8 Degrees or a Collect that's your go-to uh, beer place? Like you would tell someone out of town to go there? Well, if I'm not drinking at Beards, <laughs> because, I, I mean, as corny as it sounds, I love our beer. I freaking love our beer. I was going to ask about swearing, and I just held back a little bit there. Sure. Um, <laughs> I love our beer. I, I, I will always love hanging out at our tap room. It's got my favorite <laughs> vibe. Um, but if I'm not at... Beards, I'm at Mitchell Street Pub, which is kind of, you know, the the local bar. Not quite a dive, but it's the weird one yeah. that you go to with all the weird stuff on the walls. It's got craft beer. It's got, watch out for the pub shots. <laughs> if you're a first-timer and ask for a shot, watch out. Uh, great food, just recognizable pub fare. And it's a cool place to hang out. Peanuts on the floor kind of place. Okay, yeah. so you guys have been open for seven years. If we were to have you back on next year... What do you hope has changed or has started with beards? Ooh. <laughs> That's a big one. Can I throw one thing in before that? Of course. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention, because we have something really cool at the festival we didn't mention. Yeah. That uh, popped up. Uh, we d- For our seventh year anniversary, oh. we did a Seven Deadly Sins series, which is really fun. And we're bringing Sloth from that, which is uh, barrel-aged barley wine with molasses, and it's aged in a two James distillery barrel, which is why I'm really bringing this up, because it just all ties together very nicely. So I'm just throwing that one out there. That's like 14%. Be careful. I am so fucking um, happy right now. Yeah. You know, you oh know what God. we need to find is we need to find any type of beer that has the word chunk in it and mix it and call it sloth love chunk. There you go. <laughs> Genius. That was a really long that's, stretch for a Goonies yeah. reference, so we made no, it. No, it was a good one. I did like it. You got to get them in there. Where, uh, but but <laughs> okay, in the next year, back. what do you guys, yeah, guys want to do? do? Okay, well, one thing we want to do, I think, uh, so again, October here, we just launched Southeast Michigan. So, like, getting mm-hmm. a lot more distribution out there, you know, getting uh, beer to more people. I mean, we've been asked, right, like, where can I get your cans? And we're like, where are you from? And they're like, Ferndale or Royal Oak. And we're like, well... You can get them in Petoskey. <laughs> right. <laughs> you but can now even we're drive here. to Grand Rapids. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a big thing for us, really, like, fleshing out this market. And um, and then, like, way out there uh, is that I'm also working on some distribution to Japan. Whoa. Because we have a sister city, sister state program. And there's a – so we have states in the U.S. They have things they call prefectures. And yep. uh, Shiga Prefecture is on the largest lake uh, freshwater lake in Japan, Lake Biwa, and they're okay. partnered with the state of Michigan. And last year was the 50th year anniversary of the partnership. So it's a goodwill partnership. It's not driven by economics. It's more like people getting to know people. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really cool. And I hosted someone there, and we actually have an exchange student, not from Shiga, but uh, from Japan this year that my wife and I are hosting. And so wow. just kind of building some connection, and I thought it'd be cool to send some beer over there. So we did do the Brewers Association, mm-hmm. does a festival over there. We did that last year, uh, mm-hmm. met some people, and uh, I'd love to be 
getting a you know limited distribution over there. Well, uh, what's what's really beneficial too is that in this state we have a uh, major brew exporter, which is Brew Export. Shout out, Shannon. Uh, shout Shannon. out to Shannon Long. Um, <laughs> she's been on the show a few times. Uh, but as you were mentioning the um, uh, Japan, we actually had a guy who used to own a tap house in Japan. Nice. Um, cool. That's episode 38. So if you okay. go to our archives, that was live Way at Kunin. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, go check that out. You, we learned a lot. We learned that uh, home brewing in Japan is illegal. The law has changed. Oh, it has it? <laughs> since Which episode is, 38. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was June, 20, or Ju- June, 24, June 2016. Yep. Yep. So law has changed a little bit. And that's partly <laughs> why we think there's going to be a bit of growth in craft beer. In Japan, so because I, it's opened up a little bit more. Yeah, he was saying that they got, it, while in Japan, like most of the craft breweries were all West Coast. So you're talking L.A.-based, um, California, Seattle, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of great breweries over there, but um, that's what they were buying mostly. It's was the still West that Coast. way. Right. Because it's still that way. Shipping's easy, uh, people see it as a shipping barrier, but the reality is with the, the way the world works anymore, you can ship anywhere pretty easy. Our mm-hmm. importer we're talking to would actually ship it out of the, the East Coast, and that's like there's, but there's so much shipping travel right. between the two that like it's not a huge barrier. It's not as big a barrier to entry as, as, um, as you might think, but our thing is like we don't want to go places that we're not going to be present and so for us to do what we want to do it well and um and so that doesn't mean we're going to like move there although i probably could move there because i I love uh everything (laughs) japanese but anyways um the point is we want to we don't want to like scattershot spread our beer all over internationally anywhere it can get you know a placement once we want to go somewhere where we have a little bit of connection like the the sister city program and yeah. like get to know a few local people and like that want to talk about our beer for us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and wanna we wanna represent Michigan well. All right. Well that's gonna do it for this part of the uh, the segment Beards Brewing. They can find you in Petoskey online. Where can they find you? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? Facebook and Instagram are our biggest, most uh, uh, active platforms. All right. Beards Brewery. Beardsbrewery.com. There we go. That's going to do it for this uh, segment. We will be right back. Better on Draft Podcast. A rapper, he get older. Rappers stay the same age. Matt McConaughey, creep shit, grade A. They say... We know it's diving, pull up, pull strum, bull stuff, bull to the skull stuff with pulled duck, slice of tiny, shallow, bull bruff, bully of the dull club, Tully made you feel dumb, real dumb, damn, my neck beards get weird, paying off the debt, seared, selfie off a messy mirror, nasty sending Medi seared, mentally I'm Metal Gear, skilled and handed roaches off, roasted in the rodent wheel, ronin' up the rope of dope, donuts in the dome of seal, dopes, use a dose of chill, don't even know the dough is real. Chill with all the doting though. Close your open oral deal or a pill to my open mind. I'll be moping round the home inside. I know that doesn't blow your mind. Own it though. Still trying to pay the band's way to Kokomo. Waiting on a promo code broke. Growing older, bro, Wally. But I'm more like Eddie Haskell. Plan a rap to pacify the plastic. It is a hassle. And I will never be in your freshman class issue. And that will never be an issue. And that will never be something I consider to be a dick move. I'm a 
on a different growth. I'm on a different growth. I'm on a different road. Globe, solar system, stroke. I'ma go home. I'ma close. I'ma go broke at the go go. I'ma go broke at the go. No, I'ma go broke at the go go. I'ma go broke at the I'ma go broke. I'ma go broke at the go go. I'ma go broke at the go go. Never been a no show. Aim a GoPro with the popo on the low low. As a solo artist, it was so so. Head above water polo with my bros though. Post going loco. Grown folks going postal in these postcodes where punks phone home. Skunk home, grown punch holes in the ozone. Blood from your nose bone. Fuck with that stuff that you don't know. Sucks when you're oh so close. So they go and move the goalpost. Toasted at the Rose Bowl. Cooked in faux rose gold. Phone it in for. Uh, now it's faux, bro. After this, we should get some faux, yo. YOLO. No go. Better to be hobo than bozo. Better just to take what you nozo than bogo. Slow roll. I am not the sugar in your cocoa. But I am the knot in your yo-yo. The dot in your photo. The band shot spot filled by Yoko. Got you screaming, oh no. Beware, call me Coco. Y'all just only parrot what you told. So catch the show at Kobo. Throwing choke holds in the dojo. I'm a smoke. I'm a go broke in the go-go. I'm a go I'm a go broke at the go go. 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 I'm a go We are back, episode 198, Better on Draft Podcast. Continuing today's slew of interviews, we have Watermark in. Welcome, guys. How hey, you doing thanks for having us. Uh, Matt has joined us for the first time today. Hello, Hi, Matt. I just had my bathroom finished. There was a gentleman <laughs> who showed up at 8 o'clock. He's like, hey, I'm going to paint your bathroom now. Well, <laughs> did you watch him paint it? No, but <laughs> one of his coworkers put his foot through the ceiling of the bathroom Ooh. last Friday. Yummy. So I came home from Florida to like a... A size 13 and just drywall and nasty. Beautiful. Yeah, so it's been a fun week. That's a good way to conclude travels. Yeah. Well, uh, let's. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Yeah. Tell us what you do over at Watermark. For sure. My name is Chris Mason. I handle all the red tape, all the BS, the fun accounting, HR. Uh, I get to hang out with the managers, and I do the marketing. <laughs> yeah, my name's Dave. I handle all the liquids, uh, putting the stuff into the containers, recipe development, tasting beers. I have to point out, you don't actually have a beard, though. So can you be a brewer without a beard? Well, I had a pretty wicked mustache, but I, it just was too much at some point. I was so. going to say, you do like the man who could put like together a, a <laughs> nice mustache. I think mustache. it's the curly locks. Yeah. It was yeah. like tickling my ear at one point, and I was like, oh. It had a, it a, had a strong curl. So we're, we're two out of three of the owners, our third business partners back home. 
Uh, we're working on an expansion project. He's uh, he's pursued his general contractor's license, so he's kind of the engineer of the group. Dave's kind of the mad chemist, and I'm the snake oil salesman. So that's oh. the that's the well, three. that's why you're on this show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> At least they know their value. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's crack open a beer first, so that For we sure. can start uh, talking about it, drinking it. Yeah. Um, I'll let you decide what it is, and you can tell us what it is. So. Uh, in my opinion, I think this is a very hard brew to make. Uh, Dave can probably attest to that better than I because I don't do any of the brewing. But this is Homage Hefeweizen. Um, we have a lot of customers that get very disgruntled when this isn't on tap. So a goal of ours this past summer was to have it on tap. I was like, Dave, keep that bright tank full because uh, we move a lot of this beer, especially in the summertime. Now, do you think that is because you're kind of in a, I don't, a blue-collar town and people want to go to breweries because it's hip but they still want to drink what they're used to with you know the yellow um, liquids absolutely yeah absolutely I mean, it's definitely uh tool and die is a big thing in our area so we have a lot of that's a half yeah absolutely you know average dudes who have a little bit more spending money and they want to support local and move the community forward but they still want something pretty easy going the fun part for us is to you know we get the chance to educate that customer so you might start on blondale but after a year of trying different things on the menu, I have dudes drinking sours, you know, in their denim and overalls. So it's it's a really yeah. cool experience. It's got to be an eclectic crowd. It's just it is. Be a weird, it is. Like, it's like we we, we all see the bumper cigarettes celebrate diversity and it's just like different glasses and colors. Uh-huh. Just like yeah. seeing a bunch of dudes in overalls, like <laughs> squirrely dance with different <laughs> oh, yeah. tulips and, and pie glasses. That's and filters and, kind of the cool part about our tap room where we're at is our population doubles in the summertime because a lot of Chicago folks come over. Okay. And do their summer home, bachelor, bachelorette parties, and everything in between. Um, so we we really try to focus on a lot of more sessionable beers versus like punch you in the punch you in the face eight ten percent styles. You know we do a lot of like four and a half percent session IPAs is what we like crushing lagers when we can uh, afford to have them in the tank for a, a long enough time. But it's so. probably a February March kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. But we just expanded the cellar, so we're excited to dedicate some space to some loggers and do some other things i think that's the issue with a lot of small breweries um is that you can't have those especially if your beer is going and selling you can't have those tanks for that extra you know 10 12 15 days to lager an actual beer and make it um just not not make a good beer but just make a lager in itself just because mm-hmm. it takes so long um is that why everybody's bastardizing my coals I mean, probably. you can turn it so fast that it tastes not that different. <laughs> I, I, I don't know the process about making a, a Kolsch. It's just an ale versus a lager. You know, just the same. Does, does the Kolsch take the same amount of time to brew it as a It depends upon your style. I mean, if you want it to be kind of that lagery tasting rather than the more ale tasting Kolsch's because it's a hybrid kind of yeast, um, it's all up to you. I mean, I, I've never been to Cologne, so I really don't know. I just wear it. <laughs> there you go. I think I'm going to go in April or May. Uh, That'd be I'm, I'm go- well, I don't know about if I'm going to Cologne, but I'm going in uh, September next year, September, October. Sweet. So I want to try to hit Oktoberfest in uh, Germany and well, work. You better even have your hotel room like yesterday. Uh, it's it's I not might, that bad. I was just there. I yeah. might look into it. I might look into a few other things. But for me, uh, I, my work's given me on my five years, which is up in, it starts at like December 1st, uh, 30 days off. Oh, nice. So, yeah. I get a 30-day sabbatical, sabbatical. Yeah. to wow. uh, do whatever I want, fully paid. So, wow. 
Um, obviously, I have to you plan that it. Remax. I have to. At your boy. <laughs> I have to plan it in advance. But thankfully, like I was employee number like forty five in the company, oh. so I don't have to really fight anyone else for my sabbatical because <laughs> nobody else is near it except for like uh, the owners <laughs> cool. and and a few different people. Um, how long have you guys been in business for? So we opened up in two thousand sixteen. Um, the small town of Stevensville was nice enough to sell us a piece of property on Main Street. Oh, wow. We then leverage that with investors and then leverage that with a bank. Um, it's just the three of us kind of running the show. You know, we've got a couple key important people, but um, it's just been slow organic growth. You know, our vision all along was just taproom sales. You know, we're still 95% in our taproom of kind of what we do. Um, we make it out to eight degrees quite a bit when we can here on the east side. And then um, as far as distro goes, a little bit to Grand Rapids, but we keep everything pretty controlled and in-house. Yeah, our host, our, not our host, our writer, Ed, uh, messaged me because I was at 8 Degrees on Wednesday and was mm-hmm. like, how much watermark is still there? I'm like, oh, I think they still got six taps there. He's like, all right. So, <laughs> so where is Stevensville? Uh, it is three hours from Detroit, so right off of 94. So the nice part is we're less than a mile from the interstate, and we're exit 23, so okay. just past the Indiana so border. So it's a good halfway on the Detroit way to Chicago. Chicago. Yep. And it's directly in between GR and Chicago. So that's a nice... Exit 23. <laughs> Remember exit 23. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's actually uh, a little bit more, you know, north, northeast of where, like, Greenbush is mm-hmm. and uh, Beer Kalamazoo? Church. Yeah. Transient. Transient is pretty close. They're probably the next brewery just south of us. And then we've got, like... Silver Harbor, North Pier. I was going to say North Pier. Um, They reached out to us because we tried to get them onto the the show today. Mm -hmm. Um, I stumbled in there. uh, I was coming back from Chicago, and I was kind of doing like a brewery tour because I had to stay overnight in Grand Rapids to work in the morning at Grand Rapids. So I'm like, I might as well hit a bunch of breweries. Absolutely. Um, Every bartender loved me because I had um, day-old zombie dust, and I was tipping every bartender in zombie dust. Oh, man. And they're, I'm like, you can, I can either give you a 20% tip or two bottles of zombie dust. And they're like, I will take the zombie yes, dust. Was, was, was that a good trade for you, though? No, not at all. But, again, it's you get customer service and you get to share. Like, that's that's why we do this show, though. We get to share and be shared with beer because that's what makes, you know, that's that's what our business is about. It's, it's the greatest beer. currency. So we just heard seen. the magical sound. Yeah, that, that's another, another can beer, crack. Another, another can crack. Uh, you're, you're ready to go hard this morning, aren't you? You know, we've been in the car for three hours. kind of. Also, oh, you drove this morning. Yeah, we just yeah. got in. So I kind of figured because I, I did my best to try to do shows yesterday and today, and zero people wanted to do yesterday. Yeah. So, so they have a tavern. Thursday is probably what? You're probably second busiest night of the week? We had a, so it was actually our last ride. You know, Dave's a, bike, a cyclist, and we have like... In the summertime, we've had up to like 80 bike riders oh, that meet every Thursday night in our Tour beer garden. Yeah, absolutely. So they do like, what is it, like 20 miles every yeah, Thursday? Yeah, we have like a you know, variety. Mm-hmm. If you want a slow roll, no problem. If you want to rip it, there's that too. So we just gather everyone together and then share a pint afterward. Ooh, what kind of bike really you fun. ride? Uh, I have a Cannondale. Okay, that's what I ride. Uh, yeah, so it's freaking so yeah, much fun. It's a cool crew too. I used to uh, I used to have a, a Diamondback Sereno, and it was a, a hybrid street slash uh, um, mountain bike, nice. and that was a piece of shit on the street. <laughs> I had a little beach cruiser, I could go up and down go. the lake. I had never put in so much effort into a bike to go 
absolutely nowhere unless it was stationary. Because <laughs> I live I live downtown, so we have the uh, the Dequinder Cut. Yeah, oh dude, and that's a great route. I'm I'm able to to do a lot of the, they got bike lanes on Jefferson, so I can head up oh, to yeah. Belle Isle. Mm-hmm. And when I was using the Diamondback, I was just like, oh my god, I can't can't get on this. You well, need like, some carbon in your life. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I went straight. I went to um, Motor Motorless Bikes. Um, which is over in Eastern Market. I actually think they closed, which sucks because okay. I used to do my tune-ups every year right like there. On draft. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was great to go there. I said, you know, because I'm a bigger man. Um, sure, dude. You know, at the time you that I bought, I mean, I was 360 at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm down to 280. Very um, true. You're almost almost as felt as I am. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm like you know I and everyone always tells me like a a, a bike can hold the weight. And they're like, you know, don't worry about it. You know, your weight's not bad. And I'm like, I, I just don't believe you. Sure. Even though everyone tells me the exact same thing. <laughs> so finally, I'm like, you know, I started looking up online and I'm like, you know, fat people, bicycles. And uh, oh, the Cannondale so- was a good one. So I went down. <laughs> yeah. um, they gave me, they allowed me to um, ride it for like, you know, 20 minutes. So I just did a little loop yeah. around Eastern Market, came back and um, bought cool. it that second. It's amazing. They're great. Great machines. USA originals, but still I think they're made somewhere else. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the, the intricacies. I just needed to get a bigger seat for my fat ass. <laughs> there you go. So you bought a whole bike instead of just a bigger seat? What's that? You just bought an entire bike instead of a bigger seat? Well, no. That that Sereno um, just was not a good street bike, and there's no mountain biking in Detroit. We should definitely <laughs> start, start a bike podcast because I could talk about this all day. But um, here, the I, next need some, I, need to, I need some ASMR. So <laughs> oh, no. Well, he, right he cracked open a beer. Yeah. yeah so so what, what are we drinking right now? This so, is our Pipestone Robust Porter. So um, this is kind of our all-year-long dark beer. It's got 16 different malts. I got You'll your have like too, a lot of biscuit, a lot of coffee, chocolate, and then just a kiss of smoke on the end. But still, it goes down pretty easy. As the yellow beer fan in the group, this is the kind of dark beer that I gravitate towards, where it tastes like a dark beer, but it finishes like a light beer. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, is anybody who's heard this show more than once, the motor oil finish of some stouts <laughs> is just, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of over, you know, eating my stouts. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> That's, so. you, you say that I have never had a stout where I felt like I was eating it or milk out of a sock, man. Felt, it's a pH felt like level like, mostly. I mean, people talk yeah. about how heavy Guinness is, and it confuses yeah, the like hell water. out of me. Exactly. I, I I finished not on purpose. Well, a little bit on purpose. Uh, a six pack of uh, Guinness bottles in like less than an hour. Do you pour the Guinness into a glass, or are you drink it straight? From I was the drinking it straight from the bottle. I gotta have it in a pint glass. Yeah, I, I just think like I was. This this was during. Dude, how often do you drink oatmeal? I I, I, I don't like oatmeal. <laughs> um, I this was between before like the the wedding. Uh, what's the the wedding and then the reception like cocktail the t- hour the the time it well kind of it was the time before but they were doing photos but there was nowhere for us to go so we went to my buddy's house we all bought beer and we were mm. just slamming beer back and. That, sure I got a white claw. Uh, well, I mean, this was this was <laughs> oh, no. this was you know the the PW so area, the pre whites. Pre whites. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> this is not the Nick's wedding. Uh, this was not Nick's wedding. Oh, no, okay. this was this was definitely a wedding that, mind you, I was that guy at the wedding oh. that night, dancing with the bride's mother there and having I'm fun. I legit one month later another wedding happened and everyone forgot what I did that wedding because of somebody else. So there's always a guy. I, you know, I I Usually mind you, I was I crashed the wedding next door. I joined a, a, a whiskey circle in the Kinda parking line? lot. There you go. Smoke uh, down a to. stogie when you don't ever smoke and then puke. Oh, I always smoke stogies. I love I love cigars. So, there you go. so 
Go on. No, just back to the beer. Yeah, back to the beer. We're really excited because this afternoon uh, we're getting ready to tap Nocturnus, which is kind of our annual Russian Imperial Stout, coconut, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans. Comes in at 11% at the fest. Is that a two-token beer? I believe so. I'd, I mean, one token will do it. Eh, two tokens. We're supposed to take two tokens, so that's what we'll do. But uh, So we were fortunate enough about, I want to say like, Ten or ten, nine months ago, we got our paws on some fourteen-year-old Elijah Craig barrels, and so we filled the base of that. Yeah, filled the base of that beer up um, into those barrels, and we also brought a keg of that for tomorrow. So we're super stoked to kind of share that. Sadly, mm. anybody listening to this is going to listen after the festival. Exactly, will yeah. this be on tap at the brewery? It will next month. Next so month. towards the end of the month, we're going to be doing a bottle release and tapping the so barrel. Stout day and yeah. in November. What about uh, day before Thanksgiving? Uh, be yeah. A, a so of- the Tuesday, the twenty sixth. That's when we're going to reopen our mug club for a day and then sell those bottles. Gotcha. We're doing a '90s party the night before uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> is, is that why you have the Wayne's World hat? It is. So you're, uh, you're prepping for it. You, you know, I got a Motley Crew T-shirt and a flannel <laughs> outside too to just really be Wayne from Wayne's World. So, what is your guys's take or just perception on beer? Like, what's the mission of Watermark Brewing? Have the most fun as possible. So, the one compliment we were given by a couple people that I always kind of hang my hat on. And our mission is, like, when you come in, it's the most fun you're going to have in a brewery, whether it's a 90s party or at our, you know, anniversary party or just on a typical night. If you're a yoga person, if you're a bike person, if you just want to come and enjoy beer, there's something on our menu. You know, we've got anywhere from, like, 12 to 20 beers on, all different styles, all different profiles. And so we've got something for the Miller Light drinker who wants to just drink cream ale. We got something for, you know, we got a porter or a half, but we also, you know, we do some hazier IPAs and some sour beers too. So it's just, we want to be approachable, something for everybody and just unpretentious and fun. Are you guys seven days a week? Are you guys six days? Six days. We're closed Mondays. What is, I guess, the favorite beer that you've had or just the best beer that just ran through the building? Nocturnus is definitely up, like... We, you know, we yield about, you know, only 10 barrels of that a year. We go through it. Um, we do a breakfast stout aged in maple bourbon barrels. That sells out right before Christmas. So those bigger stouts for sure. Um, Moon Boots is our New England style, Mosaic Citra. That flies very fast. And then um, in the summertime when we're just kicking it outside in the patio, I'd say Margarita Melonheads. It's a lime sea salt goza. So. Now I see you have Mike Ditka on one of your, your cans. We do. Are you guys that inundated by the fibs? Oh my gosh, you it's wouldn't fibs. believe it. <laughs> I it's like, fibs. get it right. There's also fish. I want What's I, a fib? The uh, We call them the bastards. Oh, oh bastards? Right, right. We just say people. Fucking okay. Illinois people. Okay. <laughs> but I used to live in Chicago. Okay. We're 90 minutes from downtown Chicago. Oh, nice. So it's like I can get to Soldier Field in 90 minutes without traffic. Or so I you, get are to you a Bears fan then? I am. Dude, everybody <laughs> west of Kalamazoo. <laughs> Is all Chicago? See, fans. it's just it like the majority of UP are like Packers fans. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm still, I'm there. still diehard Michigan. I don't have a college team. I'm not like yeah. University of Michigan or anything like that. The thing is, growing up, going to Cubs games and Bears games. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm a Tigers fan. I'm a Lions fan. But we're going to mm-hmm. come tear it up for the thing on Thanksgiving Day, though. Which we're excited about. <laughs> come tailgate. Are the are the Bears coming here for Thanksgiving again? They are. It was last year too, wasn't it? 
think it might have been like two years the ago. The last two years, I think it was yeah. from the Bears. Yeah, the, sure. uh, the we did our thing here. Yeah, uh, we did. Two we years did ago. our. Th- it wasn't a uh, um, Thanksgiving game though. I think it was. No, it was just a Sunday. Just a no, you and I get one out on a Sunday, but we did a, a, a beer event here for thing. For I think I just swore we did a. Uh, we, we we did a beer event here, and then we also went through the tailgate and we hung out with. Uh, there you go. Um, uh, a few people that we've met through the uh, the boards online. Uh, the tailgate here gets really ridiculous because I live across the street. Oh, yeah? So depending on, like, Thanksgiving Day, 7 a.m., the music's starting and bumping. Seven. I can hear it. Oh, I yeah. thought it was 5. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hear the <laughs> I don't real, hear the, it's 5, I guess. Right. I don't hear the music at 5. Like, I'll still get, like, the church bells, and that's about it. Yeah. But at, like, 7, like, I can look outside of my bedroom window, and I can just see so many people outside. Um, but yeah, the Easter Market tailgate's always fun, um, and it's it, usually it's nice when you get like those out, like local teams. Because mm-hmm. um, I oh you know what we walked around when Cleveland came into town because I think we went to that Cleveland game where you had the uh, had the, the Miller Light passes. Oh, that was, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, I do remember some of it. Yeah, so it's it's always fun to see because at least in Detroit, when I've uh, um, seen other teams come through, uh, Detroit fans are usually very very polite, very nice, like welcoming. Um, you know, your standard shit talk and not like Philly. Um, oh, yeah. No Lions Mafia. No Lions Mafia, no. There's no <laughs> Putting um, you through tables that are on fire. Well, we had, I, I remember, oh, I think it was Ready Player One. Somebody vandalized it after the Patriots lost last year. Because, really? yeah, they, they were writing a bunch of stuff over there. Um, I have no idea what you're pouring, but I need a. I'm I'm going slower than everyone else because I've been, <laughs> I've, been doing, I've been doing I've been doing this since 10 a.m. and uh, and so you're feeling great. Obviously, well, let's go. I've been I've been drinking water <laughs> and eating jerky and making sure I'm not over drinking and giving beer to the EMBC folk. To, oh, right? like, drink this Fair so enough. I don't have to. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> now, one question that I've been loving asking all day today: When was the last time you guys attended a beer festival as beer fans? Technically, 18th Street's uh, anniversary, if that's considered. I wouldn't say it's a beer fest. Uh, Let's say five or more breweries. Uh, I mean, as a fan, it's probably been before we opened. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're we're on. If we're not working, we're on the road, and it's like this guy brews all the beer, and it's like we're we're almost scrapped for employees this weekend because we we run a pretty pretty lean team, so. Uh, we were talking about that on the way. Speciation had a really cool post this morning about what's your favorite, what's your favorite brewery you've been to in a while, and we were chatting with it. And I, I got the opportunity to go to Jester King uh, last year, and it's one of those things that you, as an owner, you get bogged down. You're like, man, I don't have enough time to do this or that. And I saw J- uh, Jeff Stuffing's the owner uh, and founder of Jester King, walk through their beer garden with like six cases of beer, and, uh, and like he just led an entire group on a beer tour, and I'm like. This guy has enough time to orchestrate how beer is made to a bunch of nose pickers on a Saturday. I need to like reevaluate what I'm doing in my everyday life because it was it was very interesting and very inspiring. What is this Chop Top? Oh, Chop Top. It's an IPA with mosaic and amarillo. <laughs> yeah, there's a so, there's sounds very flavor. familiar. Yeah. This is basically our you know drinkable New England is kind of how we like to coin it. So super juicy. It's got like some of the small amount of haze, got a velvety texture and a huge aroma. I'm trying to see if we throw these things back. Aroma. Poured the because um, uh, beards on the the last interview actually brought us an amarillo and mosaic there you go. Uh, IPA. So I was gonna try to do it side by side, but I oh, think we just sure. have the uh, 
we just have the session and the the wheat stays on over in front of me because I did finish the porter. I am feeling it a little bit, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> step back for a minute. No worries. This tastes a little bit um, herbaceous. I don't know if that's correct or maybe my my glass is just different, but it's got a good color to it. I mean, you definitely you smell it going in. Definitely, yeah. You're not gonna get lost. <laughs> You'll know where to find it. It's definitely got like features kind of more of that melon from the Amarillo and then the dankness from the old uh There's music. something. So do you guys do weekly events? Do you have a do you do anything special for the crowd? Yeah, absolutely. Events are kind of our strong suit. Like I was saying, bike rides, we do group runs and stuff. Last night, you know, we do charity runs every three weeks in the summertime, so we pick out a nonprofit to kind of support people come out throw them five bucks get a beer donate that back to the charity um we've done board game nights in the past uh you know i think justin's trying to get together a jeep enthusiast uh almost like a car show because he loves jeeps so it's like one of those things that we do what we like doing now, uh, you guys have been around since 2016. Do you have an anniversary you just finished? or We did. In July, we just had our anniversary party. Um, year one, we raffled off a car, a $200 oh, car. Man. A $200 car. It cost us 200 bucks, okay. and we raffled off a, a 94 Ford Escort. Very gimmicky. <laughs> Didn't have a muffler. It was, it was fantastic. And then this past year, we did almost like a... I don't want to say it. What's the one with Wayne Brady? Not deal or no deal. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal, yeah. And so it was like we had five prizes. There was a Zoink and a few of them. You got a key. You had the opportunity to trade with some people, and it was a lot of fun. There were some disappointed people, but there was, you know, somebody won dollar beers for an entire year. Oh, holy shit. So you come in, dollar beers for the entire year. I think it'd be worth more than a car. I guess in my mind. you got to make it worthwhile, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Challenge accepted. It kind of all depends if it's a local, too, because if I won, like, dollar beers for a year at Watermark, I'd be like, well, shit. Guess I'm moving to Stevensville. (laughs) (laughs) Moving to Stevensville just for a year, yeah. I would say it'd be cheaper than a mortgage. The extra money pays for the rent, hey? There you go. Yeah, It's right there. Budget. <laughs> what was what was the first beer you brewed at Watermark? Oh man, it was Leisure Ale. Probably yeah. So we were still figuring out the system, and my idea was like, oh, well, we'll just brew some saisons and Blondales because if I fuck it up, then we'll dump it and won't be sad. And they all turned out to be, you know, after the trial period, the first Leisure Ale we brewed was probably one of the best ones ever. Interestingly enough, we had an investor come in and taste it, and he's like this this is incredible and we're all like kind of shrugging you know and he's just like you guys just need to put this on tap and we're like eh and it's honestly our best selling beer it's it's very basic but it's quick turnaround cheap ingredients very simple 4.7 percent a miller and killer yeah it's just people slay that beer all a day miller killer i yeah. like that yeah. yeah that's the first time i've ever heard that phrase the, the what should be called a thud? <laughs> what's that a, a blood, blood thud, blood thud? Blood thud. <laughs> I don't know. That could Possibly. be taken the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, it's Miller like, Killer, you're already kind of, you know, you're bringing a lot of violence into that. Mm. Oh, I, I just think meant he just sexually, means like, but... Oh, I, I, I know what he meant. <laughs> Which is I was fine. just trying to... I thought you meant, like, more herbaceousness. More herbaceousness. That's the first time oh, I've heard that he's, today. He's, I kind of said herbaceous. Like, going, it was on his word, going of, the word of the day today. calendar. Let's like out our thesaurus right now. Let's see what we can come up with. Hey! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're in his space, not the other way around. 
That's very great. true. Yeah, that is very deep. true. We are at Eastern Market Brewing. We appreciate them uh, allowing us to use their space for sure. Um, it's a great security system right there. I mean, a wooden pallet. Just move it on over. I mean, people. Yeah, hey, when, there's when you, splinters on that pallet. When you see right. barriers like that, people just don't bypass it unless you're drunk like Matt. I, mean, I, I assume that's a barrier you would pass if you were drunk. Because I would say nobody can pass that barrier. <laughs> you I, know, actually, when I was in Florida, there was a party bus outside of the venue that we were leaving. And I was told to not go on the party bus. So guess where I went. <laughs> you went on Immediately party bus. onto that party bus. That I mean, was a bad party I mean, bus. The thing is, is that my, my table and chair are usually back there. So, I mean, I, I take the chance with the splinters. Sometimes i got to pull the sleeves up a little bit to kind of get past that pallet. Because, you know, that thing's dangerous. So along with the Russian Imperial, what did you guys bring for the fest? We brought some one-off variants of the Russian Imperial. We did um, a mocha mole, which is cayenne pepper, cocoa nibs, vanilla bean. We've got um, actually... Yep, I'll be there. Got even more than that. So we're throwing two types of cinnamon. We've got cayenne pepper and ancho chili. So it really hits kind of like that (laughs) broad spectrum, you know. A little bit culinary inspired because we have a really great kind of, you know, Latino community in our area. Oh, shit. From all the fruit farming. And Mm -hmm. so um, that one is awesome. And then we did kind of a chai tea latte with the chai spices and also lactose. So that's the other variant we have today. And these ones are kind of like the the prelude to our stout day in November when we'll release the rest of the Nocturnus variants and then we're going to have a couple other things double uh, chocolate oatmeal stout and then we're going to have some more sessionable stuff too. So are there hotels near you or what's... Uh, oh, yeah. Plenty. One mile. Oh yeah, that's right. Right <laughs> off 94. Yeah. Uber goes to uh, Stevensville. Sort of. Kind of. I mean, it's on the freeway, right? We'll Just give you a ride. Yeah, send them we'll back. Figure it out. We'll get the local... Uh, we have a lot of those brew tour guys. And oh, you can nice. Just, hey, uh, 20 bucks, take me back to my hotel. No problem. Yeah. I think and I can still for 20 bucks, right? $10,000 on a DUI. And I think, I right. yeah, we try and keep it everybody safe. Uh, I mean, that's number one priority. Install a zip line. Install <laughs> a zip line from the overpass. At just for the nearest hotel. Just like, yeah, you don't I need mean, anybody vomiting from the freeway. Just off such a or do you? We don't have bird scooters yet, so nothing's guaranteed. <laughs> Although, like in Detroit, where it's just no chaos. Goodness. In the wintertime, if you've got a nice sled, there's some good hills to get you right. You can go probably halfway on a Like sled. a toboggan yeah, sled oh yeah, or yeah. an actual, like a vroom vroom sled? Oh, well, you can technically do both, but toboggan is what I'd recommend if you're intoxicated. That way, there's no. Uh, yeah, I think to you still get an OWI for uh, <laughs> operating a. I, just, I'd lo- I keep saying this. I would love my day in court where I'm saying you're taking away my driver's license because I was driving a toboggan <laughs> and being responsible. <laughs> still, another beer we're excited about is Nature's Blessing, which is a sour beer aged in Chardonnay barrels for two years and then uh, with some red currant in there as well. So and that's a lot of planning for the fact that you've only been open for three years. That was a big bet. I mean, it's just kind of thiefing some, tasting it, kind of blending it. The best it. thing about sour beer is time is your best friend. So if you're like, all right, this is good, but I don't have time for it, you can wait. And as long as you keep an eye on it to make sure it's not turning, it'll usually get better. The flavors will meld together. Similar to how you make a good chili and you throw it in the fridge overnight, the second day is always better. So, <laughs> All right, hold on. I, I got to ask the question because I need to judge you guys a little bit. Cold sure. pizza. 100%. Yes. 100%. It depends upon what it is. If it's Tombstone that I made the night before, thumbs <laughs> no. down. But if it's something good, 
I mean, I'm, I'm talking like Jets or... They don't have Jets, though. If, well, yeah, if, yeah, yeah really. we have Jets. Okay. If we if, if there's, a, far, if there's yeah. a microwave nearby, I like second-day pizza in the microwave because it really just, like, caramelizes that, like, cheese right on there. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't... What kind of schmucks yeah. letting I don't pizza last the second day? I, I, I just okay. eat it cold straight from the box, like, just yeah. down I'm, the gullet. There's no I've wrong way it, to do it. You know, under the radar good cold food, Taco Bell. Taco Bell cold food, I can do. Chili I cheese know, burritos man. as cold. Sorry, dude. Yeah, Best I don't those Big enough crapshoot when it's warm. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <sighs> Day two, it's just like you might pick something. Uh, no, no. The, be the, patient zero at that point. <laughs> well, then I get it, I get something named after me. Do man. you guys have a kitchen there? <laughs> we do not. So we we've had food trucks all summer leading up till right about now. They kind of taper off and they decide, hey, oh, hey we're. Yeah. Uh, yep. We're closing down for the winter time, type of thing. Yeah. It gets colder, but um, it was tough when we first started because they're like, oh, another brewery. We don't want to be there. And then they realized how busy we'd be getting. And now we have a, a demand for the food trucks, which is nice. Yeah, food trucks in the winter are really interesting because it is so, like, it's still so cold in the food truck. And they're trying to, like, keep the warmth of everything inside. Um, I yeah. did a food truck. It was a um, a lobster truck here in Michigan. It was called like uh, the main dish. I think it was with the M A I N E main. Um, and I mind you, I'm in restaurant point of sale. So doing the go live, I can't sit on the truck because there's no space. So I'm literally in my car across the street. I'm like, just call me if you need me. <laughs> Staying in the heat because I can't. Like I, I did a food truck at the Rochester Hills Fireworks, and um, it was a pizza place. Those poor bastards. Oh, yeah. got cut off. On the way, all their par-baked pizza crusts fell. Oh, no. oh God. And Floor spice makes everything nice. They, uh, they had to go back and uh, get no. some more for sure. Um, so you guys, can, uh, do you have bring your own food? Can people bring Yeah, you can bring your own food. Order in Jets yeah. Pizza or whatever for yeah, sure. Well, you have to bribe the guy because it's outside their delivery zone. They, they like coming through. We tip them good. Just give them a beer. Yeah. Pat them on the ass, take it back out there, yeah. slugger. That's how we bribe everybody. It's just like, hey, uh, we full circle. Yeah, zombie dust. Beer is currency. It is <laughs> the best currency. Absolutely. Do you guys? Uh, what do you, What do you guys drink when you're not drinking your own beer? Like, do you have a, a go to something in the fridge, uh, a bar you go to, even a liquor or a liquor? Yeah. Honestly, we have a ton of wineries in our area as well as breweries. Okay. So loves I get wine. down on some Michigan Reds. Especially kind of in the fall and springtime when you're in that transition zone. Does um, that give you access to a lot of wine barrels for aging? For sure. You know, yeah, we get a good amount of that. And just also we get the raw materials. So we're working on like a Saison with white Riesling grape. And it, it opens up a lot of fun kind of combo wine beer hybrid deals that work well with a funkier kind of not sour, but maybe a wild ale. So you're a wine guy. What about you? I really like spirits a lot. Okay. Um, so we're expanding our space. We're doing actually a wedding venue and oh, a nano nice. distillery. So we, uh, we're adding a 250-person venue behind our brewery, and we're getting into keg cocktails. So doing some things a little bit. Our beer, you know, we kind of in our tap room are really quick at the point of sale and turning it over. We have a super lean staff; three people can serve two hundred fifty people. So we're trying to take Damn. that also into our wedding venue. There's nothing worse than having to wait in line for a cocktail at a wedding, and you're just like, "I want a Tom Collins. I want 
an old fashioned. I want vodka, soda, whatever. So we're going to be offering that up in our wedding menu as well. So are you going to make the bride and groom determine what those cocktails are ahead of yep. time? Because yep. you can't have like no, exactly. 17 kegs. Yeah. You're just like shooting the gun on all of them. <laughs> For sure. Right. One of the, the big things, and we actually kind of talked about it when uh, Urban Embodiment was on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, for the love of God, do not premix cocktails no, yes. and no. serve it. That's no, all. There's a difference for sure. There, I I went and I you know they 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 offered me stuff and I refused. So are you I saying like, like put the mixer in the keg and then pour the pour the liquor in and then the mixer in the keg and serve? No, that like they like made completely like and utterly a, pre-made a five gallon like Moscow Mule. Well, I know you said that um, the place across the street once did that and it was really terrible. Yeah, that was, so what's it was, the, it was how DCD. You, they they understood yeah. that I didn't like it how and they offered me. Um, to come back in, and I said, I'm going to come back in because I love your bean mm-hmm. booze and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, I did not like your pre made cocktail. But how do you, I guess, then how do you propose keg cocktails work? Do you, you don't put the, out, the spirit, you don't, in you the don't chaser. pre-mix it. You so mix it. Well, but kind of it like your order. But I mean, the point that you brought up during that show was that, you know, it made sense from a sales standpoint that you're able to get those cocktails out and get those customers with the drinks, have them pay, and then get go on to the next person yeah but what what is what is customer service when my drink tastes like shit yes Quick. i agree but it, also it's only half the battle yeah <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever see that, that burger episode of spongebob no, no. i've not watched that single episode of spongebob <laughs> where like it was a burger competition and the guy made like a thousand burgers and he made one and the thousand burgers tasted like garbage and he made one that tasted good well if there's 9900 people or if there's 999 people who didn't get a burger, they would vote for the burger. It's like garbage compared to the... Because something's better than nothing? Exactly. I wouldn't. When you call, Domino. So <laughs> my, my point is, or I, what I'd like to ask is, are you saying that it. it's impossible to do a good keg cocktail? No, it's not impossible. Okay, cool. I just, are you calling it unlikely? Uh, yes. Okay. Unlikely. But I would say it's a term of effort rather than the fact that it's pre-mixed. And my thinking is that you know, when you're doing something in bulk, especially coming from a brewer's standpoint, it's important to put forth that um, every amount of effort per unit rather than saying, all right, I'm going to put on like a small amount of effort like that I would use to make one cocktail, but for five gallons. Yeah. So here's here's uh, what, what I'll say, like in regards to what I believe DCD did is, is that if I made a, um, a giant cocktail thing, say it was for 100 Moscow mules, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I literally multiplied 100 by oh, every yeah. number. Oh, yeah. The, but, but you guys know this as going from scale, because I'm sure you brewed on a smaller system, and you're on a bigger system than when you first brewed, or when you home brewed versus when you made it on a bigger scale. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, they didn't, you don't have that kind of... Um, I guess I could say... Uh, Linear scaling. Yeah. Like, you, you need a different type of scaling, and just doing one by one, like a multiplying factor... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it doesn't work. And also, and what a lot of people forget to take into account, because I've been doing a little research on this before we even try and attempt it... Yeah, sure. Is, you know, a lot of cocktails are formulated with the intention that they'll be diluted by the ice during shaking or in stirring. And so that's not a lot of times taken into account if you're going to pour it cold and straight. So, I mean, there's so many factors to address here, and I'd really love to prove you wrong one day. You know what? I'm excited. I, uh, <laughs> my, my territory is changing from the West Coast to, like, the Midwest, so I'm going to probably be doing some trips to Chicago here soon. Yeah, man. Next time I have a, a trip to Chicago, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll book it to make a stop in Stevens. Are you going to have, like, a pre-made cocktail, like, in the rotation then, do you think? 
I, so at the brewery, we're going to keep it beer, cider, wine. Okay. Then in our uh, private event space, it'll be cocktails, beer, wider, uh, beer, wine, and cider. So more private events only. You kind of have 12 different selections for that specific event. I'd love to see how like a Long Island iced tea would work out in a keg. That'd be whoa. It'd be interesting. I mean, Long Long Island is always in my head. Like I've I've had plenty of pre-made Long Islands because those are the Long they're Islands. always pre-made, aren't it, they? It's I, the, the most likely to be Burnett's pre-made or whatever. Yeah, right. th- those are the ones that Mohawk. when you go to like three dollar Long Island nights, you know they ain't making <laughs> them live. They just pour it out of a thing, right? What's What's Applebee's dollar drink right now? I like think it's probably a margarita. Something. It's either martinis. <laughs> no, they, they. They. I don't know. They always do like a one dollar. Sp- do you guys Do you guys have Applebee's over there? Uh, I think you're in Benton Harbor, but I wouldn't uh, well, know. It's not close. Then, yeah. Um, you're not missing Okay, anything. so we're kind of uh, kind of wrapping up. Um, I want to ask, uh, you know, when you guys approach a festival, how do you do it versus how you used to do it? Like, what goes into um, getting your beer to Eastern Market from Stevensville? The process? Yeah, the process. Well, I think people just kind of assume the beer magically appears, <sighs> and they get pissed off when they have to pay fifty five dollars to get into right. a festival. Stork. So I, we're we're self distributed, so yeah. we don't have a distributor delivering this beer. Uh, we load it up in our pickup truck. We come over the day of. We set up everything. Uh, you know, leading up to Dave doing all the cellaring, kind of filling that order. But I think our our whole approach is is kind of. Not, I think we've gotten away from like necessarily what we like because we like a lot more drier of beers and a lot more approachable beers versus I think the masses, especially the consumer on the Eastern market, I would say is way different than the consumer that's in Grand Rapids and on the West side. So mm-hmm. you got to do some fruited kettle sours. You got to do some milkshake IPAs. You got to do New England's and you got to do some very big stouts. <laughs> or you just do the entire opposite and like completely differentiate yourself as not pandering to the the masses. Oh no, I I think all those sty- styles are great. They're fantastic, and it, it's nothing like we do all they, those they have styles. Their place, but absolutely. I mean, not. So like that's why we do a hefeweizen because we a we like that beer and. You know, we've kind of stuck to that beer since we started. So we're going to launch this, and people will listen to it. You know, throughout now until the Winter Beer Fest, and we'll, we'll promote it a little bit before yeah. the Winter Beer Fest. When the Winter Beer Fest comes, because you guys are going to be there, Grand yeah. Rapids. What do you think they need to try first at Watermark? I, I know you don't know your beer list, but for I'm sure, sure you can guess. I think we're going to do a kick-ass uh, wheat wine is what we talked about on the way over. It's Something been, super boozy. It's been on my docket for a while. And try I out. love this idea of having, you know, a super boozy beer but make it also super approachable. So we're doing this wheat wine with this silky body and this high ABV kind of estuary and thick but also as a cut, as you would say, like in, in food pairing, introduce lemon juice and lemon zest. So it kind of like... Almost like an uzu, even maybe, um, like an yuzu, yeah, like the Japanese citrus, yeah, like just yeah. to change it up from like the standard. Yeah, ones. and so it basically, you know, when you eat, let's say for a food example, I'm eating fried chicken. Well, that richness kind of builds up on your palate, and then you bring in the coleslaw or the pickles, and all of a sudden that pairing just makes you want to take another bite and another bite. Right. So it kind of creates that drinkability, that experience. I'm sold. I like it. <laughs> All right, Watermark, where can they find you online? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, website? Watermark Brewing. Watermark All the Brewing. handles. 
Where, at a yeah. dot com, and you can find us on the World Wide Web. World. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We will obviously Thanks, see you later today and yeah. uh, tomorrow at the uh, festival. So sure. go have fun, grab a sticker, and we'll be right back with the Better on Draft podcast.